Recorded live. Well, welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio. I am your host, Rosalind Jordan Mills, and welcome to Rosalind's Corner. I love having you all come listening to my show, hearing the great testimonies of my guests, the sharing their stories, everything they have to share for the world, for anyone who's listening globally. I mean, we love our, our listening audience, and our listening audience is global, worldwide. But you know what I always do? You know, I start my show, everybody. I tell you, look, everybody kick back, relax, get comfy, give me a comfy chair, um, and get your coffee, tea, soda, whatever, okay? Because we're going to sit down and have another great discussion tonight. And you know what I always say, let's talk, okay? Can we just talk? All right. So tonight, you know, I always like to talk about my company, T25CL Entertainment. We are a global distributing company, okay? We do worldwide distribution. I mean, T25CL Entertainment is an evolving multimedia company that we have established a global platform for MP3 digital downloads of music artists, even film, okay? We invite those who are film writers, okay? Uh, um, Visit our website at www.t25cl.com to sample, to download, to support all the artists who are on our website. And we've got new artists that are coming on. The word is getting out there. It's spreading like wildfire. People want to be a part of a great, innovative company, and that's what we are, T25CL. We are a family, okay? So, ladies and gentlemen, are we ready for our show tonight? I know you are. I know you are. You're just waiting there with bated breath. So, tonight, I just want to give a little introduction because this young lady has been on our show before as a guest, and you know how it always goes when you start a conversation of let's talk about any type of topic. We don't have enough time. So I had to do part two or part three, okay? But our guest tonight, Dr. Judy Murray, has over 25 years of experiencing in education, experiences of education. She has taught all grade levels and all subjects in both public and private schools. She has taught as a professor several courses in psychology, and human relations. Her recent accomplishments included researching, designing, and structuring a private educational clinic, Moments of Inspiration by Murray. Oh, that's such an inspiring title right there within itself. But Dr. Murray has a master's degree in marriage and family counseling, a master's de- master degree in education, a master's degree in divinity, and doctorate in education. I mean, Dr. Murray's high expectations for teachers must include academics along with student behavior. Instructions is paramount, but students will only move forward academically if they can focus on the lessons. I mean, students' behaviors must be appropriate for this to happen. And Dr. Murray's time to reach programs is proven in practice, research-based, practical, and easy to implement. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I just want to welcome back my friend and yours, Dr. Judy Murray. Welcome, Dr. Judy. Hi, Ross, and hi, audience. Hi again. Thank you again, Rosalind, for having me back to, again, to share my personal passion and uh, purpose for living. I appreciate the opportunity and the platform. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for joining us again because there's so much information, so much that can be and should be shared when you talk along the lines of your accomplishments. I mean, from, the, from, the, from marriage and family counseling to involving the education of the children mm. and, and even in the, the, the degree in, in divinity, because you know God has to be a part of this. 
And I doctored in education. We have to be educated. And there's such a vast degree when you talk about education. And you talk about the scope of involvement in education. So I'm just going to just leave out this. With this. I'm, I'm going to step aside. And I just want you to share. We're going to have people calling in. We have, you know, people already on the line who are ready to call in and have comments and questions. But I'm going to have, go ahead and give you the floor, Dr. Judy, and start wherever you want. Okay, thank you so much. Well, tonight I'm going to continue uh, with uh, last week's or two weeks ago, we started talking about um, how we change, actually how, how can we change where we hire teachers in America and basically, I mentioned that the form that we have, we always talk about the concept of reform, but we don't have a form left. Uh, we've all heard about uh, the trauma, the trials, the problems in our school systems, but we hear it so much, we never hear about solutions. We never hear about looking ahead and not looking behind and getting so overwhelmed with all the problems in our system in, in, in the United States of America. So tonight, I kind of want to combine the new teacher concept, hiring the new teachers for the next century, the next generation of learners, and combining that with behavior uh, management in the classroom. And I want to begin by saying this. Um, basically, every uh, school district should have a code of conduct for every, um, every classroom. This is what they should do um, initially. The parents should be aware of how children should behave. Now, it may vary depending on the type of district or where it's located or the, the demographics of each district. And, and, and this is what we hope that as we bring in this new generation of teachers that they are aware of what's happening in that, in that district. Okay, and basically I want to say, too, on top of the behavior classroom management, we want to begin to protect not only the, the student but also the teacher. Uh, it, there's a two-way protection when we talk about codes of conduct. How is the teacher treating the student, and how is the student treating the teacher? And I do. I want to say that I am involved with the Time to Teach program, which I travel around the United States teaching teachers how to manage their classroom, how to reduce um, discipline issues that would hinder the process of them teaching. I do want to start off with some research. You know, I love the stats because uh, if we don't research uh, problems, they just keep coming. We have to keep scientifically going back to, um, to, to data to see what we can do better each year based on what's happening in our culture. And I want to say at this point, 62% of teachers, they did a survey, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, um, in regards to um, behavior issues. And 62% of teachers um, claimed that, well, they stated that the behavior problems were the number one issue that interfered with their teaching process. Now, it was interesting that 68% teachers said this at the elementary level, and then 64 in middle school, and then 53% in high school, which you, you would think, now elementary, usually a, a lower level because the teacher has more control of their classroom, but... It's the highest of them all. Now, this, this survey was um, implemented across 50 states, United States. Uh, 10,000 teachers were involved in this survey. And then I want to say this. The most important factor in determining a learning environment is a teacher's behavior, which is probably shocking to most, most of our listeners because we're thinking, okay, Dr. Murray, why would you say teacher's behavior versus student behavior when it comes to managing a classroom? Mm -hmm. And I want to say this, let me say, and I'll give you, uh, I'm going to leave you with these closing thoughts, audience. When we talk about a teacher, and this is what I want to change, I want to be able to screen teachers. Um, we, have, we have to look at their personality. Does a teacher take ownership and the responsibility of their classroom? Are they able to do that? Is a teacher, are they able to, I'm, I'm sorry, is it, are teachers able to engage well, with their students, are they able to exemplify self-reflection? Can they reveal who they really are to their students to, in order to get closer to their students? Um, is, are, are teachers, is, are they able to admit that they make mistakes? 
Um, and when I, when I start talking about personality and I'm going into the counseling background, you know, we think about relationships, man and woman, and how they have to be um, transparent. Many times a teacher may walk into a classroom with students and unable to be transparent. Who are you? Are you warm? Are you engaging? Are you approachable? And these concepts of counseling, teachers can actually use in the classroom. Then we have the flip side of the teacher who's not ready to enter the classroom. They don't want to take responsibilities. They want to send the kid to the principal's office. They forget that teaching is not just a job, but teaching is a personal choice in a career to make a difference in a child's life, not only to make a difference, but be concerned about their academic success. Engage with that child. And another problem is that we all know that when teachers are not trained properly, they can't control their classroom. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point in, in the history of our country, we've never had so many issues with student behavior and keeping it to a minimum so it does not disrupt a teacher's classroom. Now, mind you, when we talk about the 50 states, we cannot have a generic program or generic training for all teachers for all school districts. I mentioned that last time. I believe that each district is unique. The demographics is unique. And so we're challenged as the United States of America to begin to, to become one in a force in a sense that we have to be able to be unique that's what, that's what makes us united, that we can come and we can agree on some things, but then we can also tweak a system to work for that student and that teacher. Very good, very good. I think you have, have, have really given a lot of information, and I wanted to really uh, um, go back, Chris. When you were talking about the teachers, how they make mistakes when it comes to uh, um, um, going into the classrooms, um, can you kind of expound on that? Because I know that last time you had shared how some teachers are not too prepared to be, say, say a 10th grade teacher is not prepared to teach, uh, uh, you know, second and third graders, or a second, third grade teacher is not prepared to teach a high school. Right. Can you really expound on what mistakes or how those, mm. those mistakes can be avoided? Right. What, is, what can be implemented in there? I mean, your program, what, what can be implemented there? Well, you know, um, Evelyn, she's in the uh, Los Angeles United, I mean, uh, Unified School District, and she mentioned something about a tenure. Now, we speak, again, about reform and how is it that we can change the way we hire teachers in America. Now, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in regards to subject matter, grade level, and personality style, you know, when you join, I'm going to go back to the counseling because I cannot talk about behavior until I have to keep the counseling and the teaching in the same spectrum. The reason why screening a teacher for subject matter, grade level, and also personality is that that's a perfect fit. If you have a second grader and their temperament is really for second graders, you can screen for that. There's so many, so many um, personality traits that would go better with a second-grade teacher versus a high school teacher. Now, when, you're, when the teachers are being trained at the academic level and they're taking all these courses, as far as I know, there's nothing in place to screen the teacher in regards to not so much screen, but um, should I say uh, bring out that, that, those important factors in regards to their personality style, uh, the age and development that they kind of sync with, they're, they're kind of they're, they're easier to engage with, maybe a high school student or middle school. I mean, it's, it, every child has a personality. Every child is going through human development. And in that human development, that teacher should be aware of what, what development level, level do I match with? What subject matter, matter puts me on fire? What brings the passion? We talk about interacting. Children can see passion. Children can see enthusiasm. Children can understand that my teacher is excited to be here today. On the flip side, teachers, I ask students all over the world. I just randomly, I'm in grocery stores, hey, do you like your teacher? No. And I say, why? Well, she's mm-hmm. sad. She's sad every day. She screams every day. She, she makes us do this every day. Wow. So that learning environment is greatly reduced. Now, 
sometimes if the teacher's personality and subject matter is not congruent with where they should be in that school district, you will have a, a, an increase in behavior problems because the teacher's dealing with her own behavior. She's not aware that what's going on in her life, and it's being exemplified in her classroom. And I want to give an example. I hope my little Sarah, I have a student that's listening, and we do, I do private tutoring with little Sarah, and she is the most, hi, Sarah, the most dis- disciplined little girl I've ever met. She's from China, and I want to say hi to little Sarah. I promise I will say hi to her. Anyway, that's my, that's my answer to your question. Very good. But, you know, and that was, it really floored me because I'm thinking about when a teacher herself or himself uh-huh. has personal issues uh-huh. that they bring from home into the classroom, affecting those children in that classroom. That classroom environment uh-huh. is not a learning environment. It's an environment of, of can I stay away from this teacher? Or, or what is she going to do next? Instead of being able to focus on the lesson that should be taught, the teachers are striking at the students or yelling at the students. Or, and you've got some little kids in there who are very high strung or who have, uh, you know, are really frail and they, get, they, they are scared at the drop of a pencil. And so that takes effect on that classroom environment. And like you said, like uh, our sister Evelyn was talking about the tenure for teachers in schools. I mean, but you're saying that teachers should be put in a classroom where they know that they fit. Yes, a fit, a perfect fit. And, and, perfect. and it can happen. It's very possible. This is when, when, I, say, when I say there's no form left, we are, we are, we are putting teachers in an out outdated classroom environment. Our, our children today and their behavior and they, the way they see a teacher, an authoritative figure has changed. And we have to be aware that as leaders, as teachers, as educators, these young learners are looking up to us and they're wondering, are you, are you able to give me what I need, whether it's affection, and not, don't get me wrong, not touching affection, but just do you care about me? Do you care about me as a person? Are you attentive to the fact that I may not have eaten breakfast and my face is sad? Every teacher in America, every teacher from kindergarten to college has to have some type of counseling background. This is my opinion. This is my, um, this is my, 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 my challenge to America. We are no longer just educators. We all know that this is a problem. And so you say, well, Dr. Murray, why do I have to be a counselor and a teacher? Well, you are a leader. You are in a position of authority. I will go back to my example. I am so sorry to do this, but this is a reality check. When I think about the military and when I think about a police force, because sometimes our classrooms are very, very um, disruptive, how do they maintain and a community. How do they maintain the front line in a military? There is a strategic, strategic um, method. And if teachers are not physically, emotionally, psychologically, and maybe even spiritually sound and, 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 and ready to go, they're not going to be able to last in the classroom in the years to come. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Mm, yes, thank you so much. Um, we do have a caller on the line, Sister Judy. I mean, Sister Judy. Oh, I'll call you my sister, Judy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your sister. I'm your sister. <laughs> Dr. Judy. Uh, we do have a caller on the line. Caller, give us your name and where you're calling in from. Hello? Well, I hear you there. Uh, maybe you're just listening? Okay, no, they're just listening. That's that's fine. That's fine. Uh, okay, let's see. We got uh, another caller online. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, that's all right. We can go. We can go ahead and go forth, uh, Dr. Judy, um, because I wanted to go ahead. Oh, caller, is a caller from New York? Oh, caller, you there? Hi. Yes, I'm here. Hi, uh, your name and where are you calling in from? I'm Lisa from New York. Hi, Lisa. Thank Hi, you Lisa. 
Hello. Uh, you have a question or a comment for Dr. Judy? I'm sorry. Actually, I just tuned in. I was trying to catch the tail end of the conversation. Okay. Well, her topic tonight is uh, on teaching, but that's, you know what, we're going to, you can go ahead and continue listening. We'll leave it open, and whenever you have a question or a comment, just go ahead and join, hone in on us, okay? Okay. All right, very good. Let's see who else we have here, Dr. Judy. Uh, uh, Looks like we have a caller from Nevada. Uh, Caller, give us your name and where you're calling in from. Brennan, and I'm calling in from Las Vegas. Hi, Brennan. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I am great. It's good to hear your voice on my radio show. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be on the show. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, because I know this young lady, Dr. Judy. Oh, okay. Yes, and she happens to be my granddaughter. Oh. students I wanted to have on. That is phenomenal. Well, look, look Brennan, um, we have, we have uh, questions that we wanted you to share because you have not been too long out of high school. And so we wanted to, sh- we read, I was going to have a couple of students share their, um, their um, experiences coming up not only in elementary school, junior high school, but high school, and tell us of your experiences with your teachers. Some of the teachers, this, you know, Dr. Judy, you can ask her questions too, because, I mean, she's a student, okay? Okay. So she share uh, on that aspect, okay? Okay, so my experience, you know, with teachers, I've I've had teachers that, you know, of course, we we don't just see eye to eye at all sometimes, but majority of my teachers, I can say one teacher, his name was Mr. Coleman, and he, he was, like, the best teacher I've ever had. He actually, you know, helped me out with a lot, you know, in subjects that I was struggling in, and he was just, he wasn't even a teacher. He was a coach. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, he, he is one of my good experiences in high school with teachers, but, you know, I've had some pretty good teachers. They're all... Okay. Did they take time with you? I mean, with your lessons, did they take time with you and, uh, you know, trying to help you through uh, any situation that you presented to them? Yeah, like, yeah, most of them did, you know. Like, some of them I noticed, like, if – I noticed some of them can get really impatient mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you're kind of like, okay, well, I'm not understanding. Can you describe it in a different situation? And they they will kind of get frustrated a little bit with that, and that's, like, the only flaw that a lot of teachers have. If you're going to be a teacher, you have to know you have to be patient. You know, you're teaching things to people. Okay. So let me ask you, uh, Brendan. Hi, I'm Dr. Murray. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. So you just graduated from 12th grade? Mm-hmm. High school, 25th High school, okay. So um, let me ask you something, I, and this is I'm just out of curiosity because I'm so glad you're fresh out of high school. So I, I mean, you're not 20 or 25, 26. You just graduated. So I want to ask you, when you talk about being impatient, now, when your questions were not answered or they you felt like the teacher was not giving you uh, a, maybe a positive response, they were impatient, how did that make you feel initially, right away? What what happened to, to you as a student in the classroom? I kind of got upset about it, and I would just, you know, go around to my peers and just ask them for help. If I didn't understand it, if the teacher wasn't giving me what I, you know, what I was really asking for, I would go to someone that I probably knew that would ask for it if they understood it more than me, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I I would get a little frustrated. Frustrated? No. Let me ask you something. Were you frustrated to the point that you think would it affect your grade? Yeah. Cause, okay. Because, I mean, if we, had, if we had like a test or something right after, I'm like, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not, not helping me the way you're supposed to like a teacher should then how am I supposed to, you know, pass this class or how am I supposed to, you know, pass the test or, you know? So let me ask you, as a student, do you, do, did you or do you still feel, maybe in college, you still, do you have, do you feel like you have a right to talk to, uh, go after school and say, okay, um, I, you know, kind of address her with her, inpa- or him or her with her inpatient issues? Do you feel like you have a right to, to talk about their personal issues with you when it comes to being impatient? 
personally, I I think you know I I have the right to you know if it is, if it's affecting me and my mm-hmm. learning ability, and I would go you know like I you didn't you know you didn't really help me out with what I was asking for. You didn't really answer my questions, and that kind of frustrated me in a sense, and didn't really you know help me out like a teacher should. So you know I, that's the only way I really would address it. I wouldn't really get into their personal life, but mm-hmm. I kind of very good well you are very wise very wise and to not see it as a personal issue and not attack their personality versus on the learning subject so i i uh, applaud you for that for being a good student and sticking with what you need as a student versus how you felt you were treated good job thank you Very good, very good. I am very proud of her because she has been such a good, she she has learned through life experiences and she's doing so great, Dr. Judy. I'm very proud of her, very proud of her. Um, um, uh, I should have had uh, Bria call in too, but uh, we'll hold her for another time (laughs) Uh, because she's still in still in junior high school, and so she could uh, give us some experiences too. So so go ahead, Judy. Yeah, she well, that's true. <laughs> so, I wanted to I wanted to go over because remember we was talking about behavioral psychology. Okay. And I wanted my listening audience because I know that you know you have your different degrees that you have, and I know that with your um, um, experiences in the different uh, areas of education, um, I know that you were a professor in several courses in psychology and human relations. Mm-hmm. So can you give us a little bit uh, of what that entails and what that involves? Okay, yeah, and I can kind of, um, and should I say, connect the teaching concept with the psychology or the behavior. And basically I had, I had uh, began earlier with um, the healthiness of, of a teacher's mind, uh, where they are psychologically, are they healthy? And many times we send teachers to institutions to train them to become educators and teachers, but we forget the psychological concept. How do they behave in a classroom environment? Is their behavior healthy when it comes to a group of students versus one-on-one? Now, we, I'll go back to the psychology and nature of group, group, group behavior or group dynamics, should I say. Group dynamics and when you are a leader, because you are in a classroom and there's a group of kids, um, how do you as the group leader or the group, um, te- well, leader, authoritative leader in the group, how do you maintain a sense of healthiness um, as the leader? Now, I spoke earlier about the behavior of a teacher and how it is basically, um, it's really connected to how a student behaves. Um, You say, well, wow, that's kind of backwards. Why would a teacher's behavior um, affect a student's behavior? Well, students are there to learn. And if your behavior as a teacher comes through or should I say surpasses your academic knowledge, it will be noticed it will be noticed. Uh the example just a few minutes ago where if you have or if you're not patient, but you are a great teacher, you know your subject matter, and you become impatient based on maybe some emotional issues or some type of reactive or proactive response or maybe a passive aggressive behavior or maybe too aggressive. I mean, all these behaviors that you're exemplifying in the classroom have a lot to do with your teaching methods. Uh, if you are, if, as a teacher, you have to be aware of your behavior and, and how your behavior is coming across to young learners. I mean, and this is, we go back again to the temperament, to the personality style. Should you be with a second grader if you're more calmer and more relaxed personality? If should you be with middle school if you're high, strong, and aggressive? I mean, there's so many different personalities, extroverted, introverted. Where, should, where do you fit in? I mean, are you really a music teacher or should you be in math? And these are all components of a personality style that we can go on and on about different personality styles. And then, you know what, to be honest, if we do the personality and the behavior, is teaching for you. We can go so far. Are you in the right career? We are teaching different kids from different homes that have different behavioral issues. We spoke before, is the teacher connected to the family? 
Do they even know who the parents are? Have they met the parents? And don't get me wrong, we don't we talk about Superman teachers. Okay, you're saying, Dr. Murray, wait a minute. You're talking knowing the parents, teaching my lesson, doing all the student discipline, I'm only one person. But if I I would I would I would even guarantee if a parent and a teacher connected on a very positive note, I would even I would go so far as to say at least thirty percent of your behavior issues can be solved, because you kind of know where that child comes from. Why is this child exhibiting this behavior? If you're disconnected with that parent, you're going to be disconnected with the child. And I believe in our training process with teachers, while they're getting their degree, we need some type of implement in a training program where there's parental type issues, parent family counseling, family interaction, family something, something to connect the families or their family style. And when you know when you become a counselor, you've got to get into the culture. What type of culture is my classroom? You have to know that now. You can't just be a teacher and not know who's in your classroom on a on a behavioral level. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Dr. Judy, because I, I, I've heard this on a number of occasions, and I, I know probably Brittany can even testify to this that there are sometimes in that lifespan of being in school that you had so much more of a teacher's support rather more so than a parent's support. Mm-hmm. And you hear, you know, some young kids that testify, I mean, not that the children, not that the parents, you know, they weren't bad parents or anything of that nature, but there was just a teacher who was so dynamic that they made the students say, I want to learn. I want to do more. I want to, this is what I want to be like uh, uh, Mrs. Jones or or Mr. Schwartz or, you know, I want to be that phenomenal math teacher. I want to be that great coach or I want to be that great music teacher. There are teachers out there such as that where a student just gravitates. I think when when we talk about uh, learning can occur, through associations, mm-hmm. students are associating themselves with that teacher. I yes. mean, you've seen that, that behavior as well, correct? Yes, and I will. that is so true, and I'm glad you brought that back up because, you know, we talk about relationships and, and associations, and can it be, can it just be that this particular teacher, uh, just say a child is struggling with math from fifth grade until seventh grade. They get into an eighth grade middle school class and they get a teacher. And this teacher and the relationship with that student, because they're associating uh, the subject matter with the personality style of that teacher, all of a sudden they're able to say, oh, wow, I got it. Because of the excitement, the passion, the enthusiasm, the personality style with that teacher and that association with that subject matter. And it turns the whole learning experience around. And you're right. I mean, on the flip side, if your association with your teacher is not so positive, you're not going to be able to pick up, you know, you I mean, you're going to be in the classroom, but you'll be frustrated. And there, there will be a gap there. But, yes, the association brings affiliation, and affiliation brings about a lot of success because you're in the classroom, uh, the teacher cares about you, and, yes, there is a, a strong relationship. Very good, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, you're here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roslyn's Corner with my great guest, Dr. Judy Murray. We've had some phenomenal guests. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess uh, Brennan, she had to hang up. She had to go away, but that's okay. We thank Dennis for coming on. She was a great student. But we do have another caller online. Caller coming from Southern, calling from Southern California. Caller, give us your name and where you're calling in from. I am calling from Los Angeles, hmm. and this is Lorenzo Murphy. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, Mr. Murphy. Great, great having you. Do you have any questions or comments for our guest tonight? Well, I'm just listening. You know, it's pretty interesting because, you know, I, I remember when I was teaching uh, spirituality to kids in LA Unified Schools, hmm. and the whole articulate thing about it was we cannot use religion. We can't mm-hmm. use God, Jesus, or uh, uh, devil, or, you know, and, and it's funny because the words, because this was actually the Kabbalah Center who actually articulated on how to bring spirituality 
into a curriculum. So instead of saying God, they said the word light. Instead of saying a devil, they said the word opponent. So I understand what you're saying about the dynamics of if you fit a certain criteria to teach a certain class. Because um, a lot of times I used to catch myself um, at these schools almost forgetting how I need to teach these students spirituality. I would actually almost forget about the curriculum because these kids have so many real type of issues where I would almost say the word God. I would almost say the word Jesus. I would almost, you know, feel for them when they're crying, they're feeling sad about something. You know what I'm saying? Um, you can't show any type of, like in, in the teachers, when I was teaching, if a student said, oh, my mother and father was fighting, I couldn't, like, react to it. You know, where somebody without the right training would have said, oh, yeah, really? Oh, your, your mom and daddy was fighting? There's a lot of rules and regulations about how you have to teach and understand the students. So I do understand the method you're talking about, and it do make a lot of sense. But I have a question. How could you implement that in um, in schools the way, you know, the system is now? you got charter schools, you have public schools, you have private schools. Is this, this something that will be something no. that's starting off for the next generations, or is it something that you're going to try to stop them from doing this to start that? Okay. Okay, I just you had a lot in one question, but just rephrase it one more time so I can get a clear understanding of what you're saying. Okay, I'm asking, mm-hmm. is this what you're talking about, something that you're going to implement to be new in society, or is it going to actually wipe out the other, the old remedies of school? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Is it a yeah, new it's system? A, yeah, it's a, new, it's a new way. It's a new, it's actually... What I'm trying to do is create a to create a bill to become a law. I mean, when we get to this point where we have so many problems, so much money going into a broken system, you know, we talk about reform. And I will say again, there's no form left. When you have one teacher to 30 students, it's outdated. You, you, the teachers are leaving like an exodus because they're overwhelmed. They are um, emotionally uh distraught they are sometimes even spiritually overwhelmed it, they're psychologically drained and so how long can we put this much pressure on one person with the ratio of one to 30 now i mentioned a couple of weeks ago this is not an overnight sensation we, we we talk about it we put it on paper and then bam it's it becomes mandated this is going to take time change the word change is an evolving time factor. Every day we get up, we talk about human development, human relationships. It takes time. What I'm trying to do with educators, with teachers, with parents, with students, is to look ahead. I'm trying to take away the discouragement of of administration and teachers and students and parents and say, you know what? We have to do something completely different. It's not working. We can continue to put billions of dollars into a broken system, but the money is just going right through and just it's not staying in the jar. Okay, it's not affecting the teachers and the learning. And we as a nation, as a nation, we have to wake up. We cannot uh, assume and allow this is going to go away all by itself. One day it will just kind of dissipate because, like I say, the president had a teacher, the doctor had a teacher, the lawyer had a teacher. We all had teachers. We all have teachers. It's a profession that will never go away. So why not fix? Why not help them? Why not encourage them? Why not give them the same honor that we give football players? Same honor as someone in, in a high position. We're we're probably the only country that maybe don't we value our teachers, and we have to do something different to keep our teachers in the classroom. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Thank you. We're here T Two Five C R Galaxy Talk Radio. Here at Roswell's Corner, and we're here with Dr. Judy sharing some great, great information regarding her program, and I want you to share on that as well, Dr. Judy, in a minute. Um, but I, I wanted to ask, um, Lisa, did you have any questions or comments? I know she was still there from New York. Um, yeah, I was just listening to Dr. Judy, and I was um, really impressed with the, the bill that she was uh, mentioning putting forth. I wanted to know a little bit more about the specifics, if 
I could have like a general overview of what it is that you're trying to achieve. Okay, well, for, I can't go into in, in great detail um, on this okay. show. This is not the time, but I can give you a a summary of what a uh, what a the what I'm trying to um, to 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 get to move forward in. Uh, basically, uh, you said you came in at the end of the conversation. There's a screening process when it comes to teachers, and the concept is to change the way we hire teachers in America. We are a different classroom, we are a different culture, we have different students, and we're in a different time. So why would we continue the same method, maybe just giving them a degree and say, okay, here's your license? We have to change that. And and this bill that I'm pushing for or getting into motion will be will detail specifics for each school district. I, I say over and over again, well Dr. Murray, what are you talking about? Every school district is different. We're talking at the state level, we're talking about at the city level. What are, what are you talking about? It's a long process. And it may not be as long as, as we think. What is education again? The girls talk about huh? Yeah I'm on right now. Hello. Uh, I don't need him. Dad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dr. Okay. Judy. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm sorry, but I hope I answered your question. It's it's basically the first level of screening, making sure the teachers are are psychologically, Want emotionally uh, sound. You know. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. No good. Uh huh. Yeah, so is that, did I ask your question, hon, or do you want more? Definitely. This is just a, yeah, this is yeah. just an introduction. I mean, it would take me hours to go into the detailed. Uh, um, Sounds like it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's revolutionary. You know, it's something that we have to do. We don't have a choice anymore. And um, when it comes to this different type of psychological testing and all the screening, yes, you're going to get opposition. Who do you think you are? I'm, I'm smart. You don't have to screen me. But, yeah, we, we're talking about the reality that teachers are walking out the classroom. They're not. My research, my personal research with my dissertation was on the fact that they're not lasting beyond three years in the classroom, the very new teachers. And that was in 2013. So we're now 15. They may they may walk out after a year, and every time the the school districts have to spend more money to bring them back into the classroom for them for them to leave after six months. So we can't keep having the revolving door. We've got to train them and make sure we keep them, and we have to make sure they're they're psychologically sound. That's the first step, and the, there's several steps to them getting hired. But that's that's pretty much the first one without going into a, a detail. Well, thank you for that. Yes, and my question is because when we talk about uh, the hiring of the teachers and and having them in the, in the classroom and what you're implementing, because the the question is going to always be raised. The the LA LA Unified School District. You have like uh, Lorenzo saying, you have your charter schools, your magnet schools, you have your uh, other type of schools that we have in the different uh, school districts. My question is, when you have these type of schools and you're talking about the the, the ethnicity of these schools, mm. you know it's different when you're talking about uh, um, the school in Beverly Hills versus Locke, mm. right? Versus Jordan Jordan High School, or versus you know, uh, you know the other high schools are over here in, in LA, but. How would, would, would the dynamics be the same? I mean, how would how would your program would it work for the the schools in, in Beverly Hills? Would it still be implemented or work the same for these schools in you know down here in, in the South Central? Okay, good question. I, and I will reemphasize um, that every school district um, has certain. Uh, Conduct. I'm sorry. Uh, codes of conduct for their students. Every school district is required to come up with a code of conduct, not only for the students but also behavior for the teachers. Okay, and in that in that behavior, what they should do in a contract. Every teacher is given a contract for each school district. Now, each contract is not the same contract because. It's a, it's a different school district, and only those administrators for that school district know know what is required for their particular students. You might have a high influx of maybe drug-related issues in a school district. So, as a, as a teacher, should you know about uh, drugs and uh, addiction and behavior? Probably so. 
If you are in a, in a suburban school district and they have uh, some issues with maybe just um, self-esteem issues, I'm just throwing some things out there, self-esteem, uh, lack of parenting, lack of uh, concern. I mean, I'm, I, these are not. I'm just. These are not what happens in certain. I'm just giving you some variables to think about when you talk about personality styles and can a teacher handle or respond to a certain behavior in their school district. And it's really up to that school district district to do the demographics of what's in their district to keep the longevity of their teachers. Now, if in a family system, just say the income level is very high, and this is. This is probably private information for each school district, and you cannot just talk about people's personal issues when it comes to, um, you know, making sure that their lifestyle, something, certain levels of confidentiality as far as what goes on in a household. Okay, but to, to enhance, or should I say, to encourage teachers to stay longer, the teachers need to be aware of what's happening in that community. They have to be aware and not be shocked if that behavior comes up in their classroom. They have to know that if a student comes from a family, let's say, that um, has some type of behavior issues, whether it's um, dysfunctional behavior on any level, they have to be aware of that. So when that student's sitting in their class, they're not shocked. They know how to respond to it. This is what I'm talking about when I say um, screening for can you handle that environment? Are you ready? Versus in South Central where, and I don't, I'm not going to stereotype because, it, you know, you can be a low-income or high-income area and have the same issues, mind you. So we've got to yes. be careful not to yes. say, you know, if you're in, because there are some students in, in, in a South Central that are qualified to be in schools in Beverly Hills. It's just a matter of their behaviors as far as learning. So back to will this program work? Uh, with this uh, screen, you know, the, the way we hire teachers, would it work in every district? Yes, Be based on the fact that we have to understand that each superintendent for that school district would come to me and my staff and say, hey, you know, Dr. Murray, this is what's happening. We need your help. What do you suggest? And this is what I do. I go and I talk to the superintendents. I talk to the principals. We talk about a plan for their school. I mean, some areas where you'll get high density, uh, I'm sorry, um, high um, reoccurrences of certain student behavior, or you may not. And so you cannot, there's not a generic program for every school district. Exactly, and that's what I was trying to bring that point across because there is no generic uh, uh, program that can be implemented to the school district because, like you say, it's it, the extremes are so different. And you think about, you know, like the, the different um, of families or the things that are taking place in those neighborhoods, in those schools. The teacher has to be prepared yep. to deal with what that child is going through once they leave those doors. Right. When they open those doors, they have to go back out into that world, back into their families, and there's, yeah. no, there's no telling what's going on in their family life. And then they bring it that, that they bring that. It's like they're bringing their baggage back into the classroom. Right. And so it's the teacher. It's like a teacher versus the student when it talks. When you talk about bringing this baggage into the classroom versus you know, the teacher's baggage bringing into the classroom versus the student's baggage bringing into the classroom. And I think more so that the teacher needs to leave their baggage outside so that they can be beneficial for that student when they come into that classroom. And some, and some of them don't know how to do that. They have not been trained or screened. I mean, you have to re we have to understand that for over a century, um, we've just given a teacher a degree and a license. We don't know. And what we're now understanding with the mass exodus out of the classroom, that they're not emotionally, psychologically, or even um, physically uh, sound to be in that classroom. Exactly, exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you are here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Rosalind's Corner. I invite you to go to our website at www.t25cl.com. Visit all the great music artists that we have up there, independent artists who have some great music that is going out globally. And even if you are an independent music artist, filmmaker, look, go to our website, call us up, 
even fill out our artist fact sheet. You know, let us know about you. Bring your information to us. Um, even uh, um, download our app um, on Android, iPhone, T25CL Radio 24-7. We have great music of, of famous artists as well as our independent artists. I, I, I invite you. you got to go. you got to listen to it. All right. So we have a caller from Southern California. Uh, caller, give us your name. Where are you calling in from for Dr. Judy? Hello. Yeah, my name is Gina. Thank you for having me. Hi, Gina. Thank you for calling Hi. in. Hi. It's, it's my pleasure. I was sitting out here. I just got on about maybe 10, 15 minutes ago, so I'm not getting the full meat of everything, but so far what I'm hearing, I, I like. So I'll just kick back and, you know, continue to listen. So I, from what I take, it's about, our, it's about our teachers and a new program for them, a new way of screening them, a new way of hiring them. Am I correct? Yes. Exactly, exactly. And what is your experience with the education system? What is my experience in the education system, other than me being a, a mother and mm, uh, a parent. and then as well a parent who went through some life changes and the system didn't, the school system kind of let my kids down because we were homeless. And um, mm. coming from that, I know it was, it was something wrong and where my, my kids, were, we became homeless when they were 13 and 14, but uh, they attended Redondo Union High School and they did that until they were almost about to graduate until they found out that we didn't have, you know, that we weren't living in the city anymore. We were homeless living in Redondo so, and wow. living in a motel. Wow. So they kicked my kids out. So I'm listening to what you guys are saying, and I know I'm affiliated with Children Today that's in Long mm-hmm. Beach, and I'm affiliated with a lot of agencies in which I, I felt at that time. Now, that's one thing I would have to say that no child should ever be turned away. I mean, my, 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 I made promises to their teachers. My daughter's teacher, her art teacher, said, is she going to graduate? I said, no matter what, because I moved out there so they could go to that school, you know. And, and for them to, it was a discouraging thing for my son. He wanted to play football. He was good. And they kicked him out, and which made everything all messed up, what I, what I tried to do for my children. So I figured there was something that let let my children down in that system. And what I'm seeing is a lot of schools opening, but I'm not seeing a lot of teachers. And I'm mm-hmm. not seeing a lot of people who are empathetic. Mm-hmm. See, you know, you have yeah. to realize, too, yeah. I have to say, if, if, our children, if, if you have a teacher who doesn't have any children, then that, that teacher might need just a little bit more education, mm-hmm. a, little bit, a little bit more hands-on, because, see, you have to really have a child really to understand children yeah. just about. You know, mm-hmm. you just can't learn it in a book. I've been to college. I mean, I have life skills. I have life experience. And all of that really taught me. So I have the IQ and the EQ. So you got to have them both. Mm-hmm. And dealing with anything, in any forum that you're doing anything, you have to use them both. And that's so we can have a better communication with the parents. I, one thing, too, also, let me know, parents and teachers. With, with technology today, I don't understand why parents and teachers don't even have an internet that they can deal with. Mm-hmm. See, whatever program that I create, that's what they need. That way the teacher doesn't have to do all these parents. See, nobody can really go in and do teacher, you know, parent-teacher conferences and things like they used to because everybody's really busting their butt to try to make a living. So it should be some type of something for them where the teacher can have communication. On, I mean, as opposed to when the kid doesn't come to school all in the morning, get no answer because the parent is at work, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I said that needs to be implemented. That way the teacher, teachers and parents have to have some type of line, line of communication, and it just doesn't make any sense with Internet and all that extra. But they don't today. Well, let me ask you, Gina, how are your children doing now? Uh, well, the 28 and 27, they're doing fine. Uh, my daughter, actually, um, I was uh, able, I mean, because of my affiliation and us becoming homeless, I was able to help them when they got to be adults. Uh, they graduated at 19 and 20 together on the same day. We moved like 50 or so different places to different states during three years. So they were in and out of schools. And so it was really rough. When they got put out of that school, it was just like over. I mean, we went on the road, and it was really hard for us. But today, my son is a manager at AT&T, and my daughter is a counselor at Boys and Girls Club out of Laguna Miguel. Wow. So they're both wow. doing some beautiful things, and they Aww. come through some hardships. You know, mm-hmm. and we're still as a family, we have to learn. You know, I'm still learning from them. What I learned from us going homeless was I didn't know them until we went homeless. 
before I had just been rushing and, and you know, just working a job, you know, working like 50, 50 miles up and back from work. I would only see them to pick them up from school. And then, you know, we didn't have a relationship. We got to know each other on that three years. And that three years, I got to know them and they got to know me. And I learned that I was paying for Catholic school, $500 each, for them to learn the most despicable things that I could have ever imagined. But some of the things that they told us on our three-year road trip would have just floored you. Would have floored you. So I looked at myself. I went to private school all my life, too, and it just made me take a look at, is, was that better for my children or was it not? And I, I just can't really say. Paying money into the into a system that puts our kids who are totally disrespectful and don't do things that are, I mean, just unthinkable against them going to public school, I'd have to say I probably could have made a different choice. Well, let, let me let me ask you something. I, thank you for calling in, but I, I I can't help to ask you about the word compassion. Um, we talk about caring and being sensitive. Can you give me? I'm just curious because you have put your children through private school, and are tell me. You correct me if I'm wrong. Are you saying that although it was hard, that their behavior, that teachers' behavior, was not positive towards your children? Uh, you know what? Uh, I had an incident when my son was in fifth, sixth grade at Our Lady of Guadalupe, and uh, it was a kid who, I mean, my kid was coming home every day with a, you know, um, you know, the bottom of the Nike print on the back of his shirt. You know, they wore white, you know, they wore uniforms. And uh, come to find out, you know, I had to ask him. I said, uh, "Why are you, you know, why do you have a swoosh on the back of your your shirt?" And he said, "Well, this kid was kicking him." So I go into school and I talk to the principal and I talk to the teacher and come to find out that the kid was the teacher's son in the eighth grade. So mm-hmm. let me tell you. And they had an episode. They had all kinds. Let me tell you. I could have made a different choice in sending them in, in sending them into pri- private school. I must say it was no. Di- I can't say that the teachers are any better. They're more confused. So I don't know. Okay, I'm, I I'm gonna. I'm gonna. More, I'm gonna. I'm gonna more let me comment and, and maybe give you some clarity on the um, parent-teacher uh, issue. You are right. The, we, you might have missed earlier, I, I spoke about parents and teachers and how it's vital for teachers to understand the family system where a child is coming from and how we need to put that into um, the training for the teacher. Uh, but I do want to say that in, 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 in looking ahead, because I'm so grateful and so thankful that your children were able to make it through and are very successful. But looking ahead as a parent and as educators and as Americans, we have to even take, unfortunately, those negative circumstances and with your precious children becoming who they are to reach back and to tell this generation uh, what your your daughter's a counselor and he's a supervisor at and to begin to give what they have learned in those un- should I say negative environments, even though they're academic, to the younger generation. You know, it, you, you, can, you can make it in spite of a teacher's behavior. You can make it in spite That's of right. an, administ- an administration that wasn't so favorable to your children. You can make it. Now, if you had a different story, if your kids were not uh, successful as a counselor, then, then yeah, but thank God that they were able to succumb the negativity yeah push through the obstacles, and you as a parent can be proud to say, in spite of the system, as a parent, I pushed them. Okay? Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That, that is, And that's what I do every day. I, I try to, if, if they didn't work so hard, I would get them involved. I'm trying my best to get them involved because they are success stories. My daughter, there was an article done about her in Press Telegram about us, and then there was an article done in Daily, the Daily Breeze back in uh, 2003 about our whole family when it first began. So also, too, yes, they did continue their graduation through everything, and they graduated together, and that, that's a big thing. And, and anything I can do, I'm available. Well, yeah, just um, stay in touch with us when you get off the air. I, I would like to see, Roz, if you could stay in touch with us. Uh, yes, I'd love to. Give us information for sure. Is Lorenzo still there? Is our brother still there? Yes, okay. sir. Sorry, okay, you must be busy. That's, that's all right. Um, Lorenzo Elvis Murphy, he's one of our uh, commentators for one of our radio shows. He is Compton, out of the Um, <laughs> <fun> night, so. <laughs> 
I was a good support, so, you know, we, we love him and his shows. He has great uh, controversial shows uh, that are off the chain as well. And we just looking for this show coming up on Monday. Um, so now, uh, before, we, before we leave the show, um, I know there's so much, so much that, that's, that's been shared tonight, but I'm going to give it an open forum. We're going to have last comments before Dr. Judah closes out. So, um, Lorenzo, we're going to start with uh, Lisa from New York. Lisa, do you have any final comments or questions for Dr. Judy? Well, I just want to say I want to thank you for what you're doing. I think it's very commendable and uh, way overdue. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted to know, um, I know you're in the process of trying to get this bill written and pushed forward, but have you started some sort of petition where, people can you can rally people behind you well you know um, what you support? can do yeah what you could do is go to my website drjudymurray.com Dr. and okay. click on there to contact me and I can give you more information about how to support what I'm doing yes okay, I would appreciate thank you. that okay thank you. Just, yeah it's uh, Dr. Judy I'm sorry drjudymurray.com okay got it thank you so much very good very good uh, Lorenzo um, not really. I don't have anything else to say. I mean, I just really dig that what she has going on. And is there any type of like, um, are you looking forward to hiring people that's interested in coming in and learning how to do that? To, I know that's to right. I, I like your, I like your, word, to, I like your word. Dig that, Lorenzo. I like <laughs> you said you did. <laughs> I like that, Lorenzo. Yeah, you go to my website. Uh, www.drjudymurray.com put, put on the contact button whether you email me or you could contact me and yes we will you know I like the fact that as many people we can have on board it's impossible we can we can do the impossible oh yeah because that, that right there I like that and I think that's like I, I, I can see that for the next galaxy that's what I, that's I, right. I, can't even see, I can't even see you even interfering with what they got going on right now I, I know I'm that's gonna, right I'm, I'm, looking that's at, right. I'm looking at something like, well, you know what? If you want to be a part of something that's great and new, come that's on and get right. on this. And as it grows, that's when it's going to get there. But I don't think it's, you, you need to even interfere with what society got going on. This is something for something mm. that's going on for the next 30 years with a new that's plan. Right. That's right. That's what yeah. I think. That's exactly right, and that's what we, we're looking ahead to the next galaxy. We're pushing past all negativity, and we will leave something for the next generation. Thank you that's so right. much. All right, for sure. That's right. Yes, you are. How about you, Gina? And I'm going to give you some information, Gina, okay? Hi. Are you going to give me? Oh, that's fine with me. I, I would just love to have Dr. Judy's information, and uh, you guys have mine, so whatever we can do when we get off air, let's do mm-hmm. that. You got okay. it. You got it. So do you have any comments or, or any questions for Dr. Judy before we go? Uh, uh, no, i just I just like to, 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 to thank her. I'd like to thank her for her consideration and her time and her lending herself to try to Keep this generation together. It, it's from my understanding, um, from my Native American teaching, it's, it takes seven generations to yes. correct the problems. Yes. And um, you're starting now. And anything that I can do, uh, whatever you can, I can learn from you and yes. and and take it further. And and I'll, I'll involve my children because I, I, I'll make them support. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they thank can. You. Thank they, you, they can. They can. They are an inspiration. And and you're right. And thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank <laughs> you, Gina. Very good. Very good. Looking and forward. I, I, yes, yes, and I think um, everyone has made the positive statement that we are moving forward to a new galaxy. Mm. We are moving forward to a new realm in life where changes need to take place. Mm. And you, Dr. Judy, are being used as an instrument that God is continually going to use for our future. Our children are our future. I know Gina has been an awesome testimony of what can come out of the bad situations. So many, so many, and I can be a testimony myself how so many have come out of bad situations and have learned. These are not only life learning experiences that we've been educated in, but also in these public schools we've been educated in. And when you bring these new this new turn of events to the higher officials 
who need to sit down and just listen to what needs to take place in this new generation. I think this world will definitely be a better place. Definitely will be a better place. Well, Dr. Judy, I I want you to give my listening audience uh, your last comments for tonight before we close out. Thank you, Roz. Again, I want to thank you again, my friend, my precious friend, for letting me um, express my passion and my purpose for living. I do want to say to the listening audience that I'm available uh, to go to schools around the nation to train teachers, to encourage parents and students, and also here right here in Orange County, if you would like to bring your child to my office, I am able to, I'm able to test your child to uh, assess them, to make sure they're at the right grade level, to make sure their uh, their learning style is, is something that you want to maybe investigate for the for the learning for the teacher, and also the intelligence testing. I do several types of assessments for kids. I do counseling. Again, my biggest passion is to go around the schools and to train teachers and to help administrators uh, keep their teachers in the classroom and not get frustrated. Uh, my information, again, is www.drjudymurray.com. Uh, phone is on their email address. And my, I will give you my email address also. It's drjudymurray at drjudymurray168 at gmail.com. You can email me. I'm passionate, and I'm ready to do what I was called to do. Very, very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank Dr. Judy Murray for being a guest here at 225CL Galaxy Talk Radio, where we have a phenomenal time and she has shared some very, very valuable information. And ladies and gentlemen, look, we don't bring a guest out here just for them to just come on here and disappear. You need to support what she's doing. Support everything that's taking place. Galaxy Talk Radio is the platform, is the avenue for networking. That is so key. We need that in this world. Continue to network with one another because we all can make a change. We all can make a difference. So, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of T25CL Entertainment and Galaxy Talk Radio here at Rosalind's Corner, I want to thank you all for listening. And to all my brothers and sisters across the globe over that big lake, we want to say, listen, enjoy the show because that definitely has been recorded. Uh, you can listen to it the next couple of hours, but of course, our brothers across the lake, they'll be listening to it, to it tomorrow. All right, so we want to thank you, Dr. Judy. Love you, my sister. Love you, too. Thank you so much, Roz, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night, everyone.